This is section two of newspaper articles by Mark Twain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Newspaper articles by Mark Twain, section two, Territorial Enterprise, November, December, eighteen sixty-two. Territorial Enterprise, November first through tenth, eighteen sixty-two, local column, the petrified man, Mister Herr Weisnicht has just arrived in Virginia City from the Humboldt mines and regions beyond. He brings with him the head and one foot of the petrified man, lately found in the mountains near Gravelly Ford. A skillful assayer has analyzed a small portion of dirt found under the nail of the great toe, and pronounces the man to have been a native of the kingdom of New Jersey. As a trace of speculation is still discernible in the left eye, it is thought the man was on his way to what is now the Washoe mining region for the purpose of locating the Comstock. The remains brought in are to be seen in a neat glass case in the third story of the library building, where they have been temporarily placed by Mr. Weisnicht for the inspection of the curious, and where they may be examined by anyone who will take the trouble to visit them. Territorial Enterprise, December, 1862. Letter from Carson City, December 5, 1862. Editor, Enterprise. If your readers are not aware of the fact, I take pleasure in informing them that the Nevada Supreme Court will meet in Carson City on the 13th of the present month and in connection with this intelligence i present the following item giving it in the language in which i received it for fear of mistakes for its terms are darkly mysteriously legal and i have not the most distant conception of what they mean or what they are intended to have reference to thus quote, william alford versus nathaniel doing et alls ordered filed denying rehearing Unquote. There it is, and I wash my hands of the matter. I don't know Alfred, and I don't know doing, and I don't know et alls, and I never heard of either or any of these gentlemen until this very day, when the clerk of the Supreme Court brought me this written nightmare, which has been distressing me up to the present moment. If it is a charge, I do not make it. If it is an insinuation, I do not endorse it. If its expression less exterior conceals a slur, I do not father it. I simply publish the document as I received it, and take no responsibility upon myself for the consequences. I do not wish these gentlemen any harm. I would not willingly and knowingly do them the slightest possible wrong. Yet, if they ought to be filed—mind, I say, if they ought to be filed— if it is entirely right and proper that they should be filed, if, in the opinion of the people of this commonwealth, it is deemed necessary to file them, then, I say, let them be filed and be d— Here the manuscript was illegible. Editor. Now you have the document and the facts in the case, and if there be a fault in the matter, it is the clerk's, and I know what that Chinaman did it for. If you have forgotten the circumstance, I said in a letter that he had been cast for a Chinaman in the recent tableau here. The Roads and Highways Bill was considered in committee of the whole in the House yesterday. 
a clause in it provides for a tax of four dollars on each voter or a day's work on the roads in lieu thereof story was relieved from the payment of this tax which was entirely proper since there is not a free road in that whole county these grave and reverend legislators relax a little occasionally and indulge in chaste and refined jollity to a small extent colonel williams is engineering a certain toll-road franchise through the house and the other night he was laying before the committee on internal improvements some facts in the case pending which he had occasion to illustrate his theme with pencil and paper and the result was a map which in view of its grandeur of conception elegance of design and masterly execution i feel justified in styling miraculous mr lovejoy chairman of the committee captured it incorporated it into his report and presented it before the house yesterday thus report of the committee on internal improvements map of colonel williams road quote, from a certain point to another place unquote, as drawn by himself and which was conclusive evidence to your committee your committee would ask that it be referred to colonel howard of the story county delegation signed lovejoy chairman ackley secretary it was so referred by the speaker colonel howard will report to-day i have procured a copy of the forthcoming document and transmit it herewith report on williams map your committee consisting of a solitary but very competent individual to whom was referred colonel williams road from a certain point to another place would beg most respectfully to report your committee has had under consideration said map the word map is derived from the spanish word mapa or the portuguese word mapa says the learned lexicographer webster quote, in geography a map is a representation of the surface of the earth or any part of it drawn on paper or other material exhibiting the lines of latitude and longitude and the positions of countries kingdoms states mountains rivers etc Unquote. your committee with due respect to the projector of the road in question would designate what is styled in the report a map an unnatural and diabolical scrawl devoid of form regularity or meaning your committee has in times past witnessed the wild irregularity of the footprints of birds of prey upon a moist seashore your committee was struck with the strong resemblance of the map under discussion to some one of said footprints your committee during his juvenile days has watched a frantic and indiscreet fly emerge from a pot or vase containing molasses your committee has seen said fly alight upon a scrap of virgin paper and leave thereon a wild medley of wretched and discordant tracks your committee was struck with the wonderful resemblance of said fly tracks to the map now before your committee yet your committee believes that the map in question has some merit as an abstract hieroglyphic your committee therefore recommends the council concurring that the aforesaid map be photographed and that one copy thereof framed in sagebrush be hung over the speaker's chair and that another copy be donated to the council 
to be suspended over the chair of the president of that body as a memento of the artistic skill and graphic genius of one of our most distinguished members a guide to all future paiutes all of which is respectfully submitted howard chairman and sole committee a resolution passed the house yesterday authorizing the secretary of the territory to purchase and preserve files of the various papers published in the territory territorial enterprise december eighteen sixty two letter from carson city december twelfth eighteen sixty two editors enterprise ormsby heads the world on the turnip question the vegetable upon which i base this boast was grown in the turnip garden of mr s d fairchild back here towards king's canyon in the suburbs say about eight squares from the plaza mr fairchild left it at the branch of the enterprise office in carson a day or two since the monster was accurately surveyed with the following result circumference forty inches weight a fraction over eighteen pounds colonel williams of the house who says i mutilate his eloquence addressed a note to me this morning to the effect that i had given his constituents wrong impressions concerning him and nothing but blood would satisfy him i sent him that turnip on a hand-barrow requesting him to extract from it a sufficient quantity of blood to restore his equilibrium which i regarded as a very excellent joke Colonel Williams ate it, raw, during the usual prayer by the chaplain. To sum up, eighteen pounds of raw turnip is sufficient for an ordinary lunch. Colonel Williams had his feet on his desk at the time. He beamed. Wherefore, I think his satisfaction was complete. Carson also boasts the only pork-packing establishment in Nevada Territory. Mr. George T. Davis is the proprietor thereof, and he has already killed and packed two hundred and fifty fine hogs this winter. This will be cheering news to the young lady who told me the other evening that she loved pork. The pleasantest affair of the season, perhaps, although not the most gorgeous, was the candy-pull at the White House a few nights ago. The candy had not finished cooking at nine o'clock, so they concluded to dance a while. They always dance here when they have time. I have noticed it frequently. I think it is a way they have. They got a couple of able-bodied fiddlers and went at it. They opened with a dance called the Plain Quadrille, which is very simple and easy, and is performed in this wise. All you have to do is to stand up in the middle of the floor, being careful to get your lady on your right-hand side, and yourself on the left-hand side of your lady. Then you are all right, you know. When you hear a blast of music, like unto the rush of many waters, you lay your hand on your stomach and bow to the lady of your choice, then you turn around and bow to the fiddlers. The first order is, First couple fore and aft, or words to that effect. This is very easy. You have only to march straight across the house, keeping out of the way of the advancing couple, who very seldom know where they are going to. And when you get over, if you find your partner there, swing her. If you don't, hunt her up. For it is very handy to have a partner in these plain quadrilles. The next order is, Ladies, change. 
This is an exceedingly difficult figure, and requires great presence of mind, because, on account of shaking hands with the lobby members so much, and from the force of human nature also, you are morally certain to offer your right, when the chances are that your left hand is wanted. This has a tendency to mix things. At this point, order and regularity cease, the dancers get excited, the musicians become insane, turmoil and confusion ensue. Chaos comes again. Put your trust in Providence, and stick to your partner. Several of these engaging and beautiful plain quadrilles were danced during the evening, and we might have enjoyed several more, but the rostrum broke down and spilt the musicians. I was exceedingly delighted with the waltz, and also with the polka. These differ in name, but there the difference ceases. The dances are precisely the same. You have only to spin around with frightful velocity and steer clear of the furniture. This has a charming and bewildering effect. You catch glimpses of a confused and whirling multitude of people, and above them a row of distracted fiddlers extending entirely around the room. The waltz and the polka are very exhilarating, to use a mild term, amazingly exhilarating. Nothing occurred to mar the joyousness of the occasion. The party was very select, except myself and Colonel Williams. The candy was not burned. The governor sat down on a hot stove and got up again with great presence of mind. The dancing was roomy and hilarious, and fun went to waste. Henceforward my principles are fixed. I am a stern and unwavering advocate of candy-pulls. There was a slight conflagration in Mr. Helm's office yesterday morning. At least I was told so by my friend, the reporter for the Virginia Union, who is not very reliable. He also stated that no damage was done, but I don't put much confidence in what he says. The ladies have not smiled much on this legislature, so far. Thirty-two of our loveliest visited the halls night before last, though, which is an encouraging symptom. I cannot conscientiously say they smiled, however, for the revenue bill was before the house. This cheerful subject is calculated to produce inward jollity, but the same is not apt to blossom into smiles on the surface. The ladies were well pleased with the night session, though. They enjoyed it exceedingly. In many respects, it was much superior to a funeral. The revenue bill was finished up last night, and in the name, and at the request of the members, I invite all the ladies in town to call again, at any time, either day or night session. That revenue bill was one of those nonsensical general public concerns that we are not used to, but the fun will be resumed right away, now that we are back on our regular toll-roads again. I went down to Empire City yesterday to see the Eagle Fire Company try their new engine. By the way, you have, so far, neglected to mention either the machine or the company in your paper. They first threw an inch and a quarter stream over Dutch Nick's Hotel, and then a three-quarter inch stream over the Liberty Pole. This brought cheers from the multitude. There were many ladies there from neighboring cities. The boys grew excited and ambitious. Several ladies passed by, wearing the new-fashioned lighthouse bonnets. The eagles, in their madness, attempted to throw a half-inch stream over those bonnets, 
they puffed their cheeks and strained their nerve there was a moment of painful suspense as the pearly column went towering toward the clouds then a long loud reverberating shout as it bent gracefully and went over without touching a feather but the engine broke if mccluskey of the delta saloon could send me a reporter's cobbler an unusually long one i think it would relieve my cold territorial enterprise december thirteenth through nineteenth eighteen sixty two the paiutes ah well it is touching to see these knotty and rugged old pioneers who have beheld nevada in her infancy and toiled through her virgin sands unmolested by toll-keepers and prospected her unsmiling hills and knocked at the doors of her sealed treasure-vaults and camped with her horned toads and tarantulas and lizards under her inhospitable sagebrush and smoked the same pipe and imbibed lightning out of the same bottle and eaten their regular bacon and beans from the same pot and lain down to their rest under the same blanket happy and lousy and contented yea happier and lousier and more contented than they are this day or maybe in the days that are to come it is touching i say to see these weather-beaten and blasted old patriarchs banding together like a decaying tribe for the sake of the privations they have undergone and the dangers they have met to rehearse the deeds of the hoary past and rescue its traditions from oblivion the Paiute Association will become a high and honorable order in the land, its certificate of membership a patent of nobility. I extend unto the fraternity the right hand of a poor but honest half-breed, and say, Godspeed your sacred enterprise. Territorial Enterprise, December 1862. Extracts from the Original a big thing in washoe city or the grand bull drivers convention carson midnight december twenty third editors enterprise on the last night of the session hon thomas hanna announced that a grand bull drivers convention would assemble in washoe city on the twenty second to receive hon jim sturdivant and the other members of the washoe delegation i journeyed to the place yesterday to see that the ovation was properly conducted i travelled per stage the unreliable of the union went also for the purpose of distorting the facts the weather was delightful it snowed the entire day the wind blew such a hurricane that the coach drifted sideways from one toll road to another and sometimes utterly refused to mind her helm it is a fearful thing to be at sea in a stage-coach. We were anxious to get to Washoe by four o'clock, but luck was against us. We were delayed by stress of weather. We were hindered by the bad condition of the various toll-roads. We finally broke the after-spring of the wagon, and had to lay up for repairs. Therefore we only reached Washoe at dusk. Messrs. Lovejoy, Howard, Winters, Sturdivant, and Speaker Mills had left Carson ahead of us, and we found them in the city. They had not beaten us much, however, as I could perceive by their upright walk and untangled conversation. 
at six p m the carson city brass band followed by the committee of arrangements and the chairman of the convention and the delegation and the invited guests and the citizens generally and the hurricane marched up one of the most principal streets and filed in imposing procession into folks hall the delegation and the guests and the band were provided with comfortable seats near the chairman's desk and the constituency occupied the body pews the delegation and the guests stood up and formed a semicircle and mr gregory introduced them one at a time to the constituency mr gregory did this with much grace and dignity albeit he affected to stammer and gasp and hesitate and look colicky and miscall the names and miscall them again by way of correcting himself and grab desperately at invisible things in the air all with a charming pretense of being scared the hon john k lovejoy arose in his place and blew his horn he made honorable mention of the legislature and the committee on internal improvements he told how the fountains of their great deep were broken up and they rained forty days and forty nights and brought on a flood of toll-roads over the whole land he explained to them that the more toll-roads there were the more competition there would be and the roads would be good and tolls moderate in consequence mr speaker mills responded to the numerous calls for him and spoke so well in praise of the washoe delegation that i was constrained to believe that there really was some merit in the deceased hon theodore winters next addressed the people he said he went to the legislature with but one solitary object in view the securing to this territory of an incorporation law how he had succeeded the people themselves could tell the chairman mr gaston introduced colonel howard and that gentleman addressed the people in his peculiarly grave and dignified manner the constituency gave way to successive cataracts of laughter which was singularly out of keeping with the stern seriousness of the speaker's bearing he spoke about ten minutes and then took his seat in spite of the express wish of the audience that he should go on hon jim sturtevant next addressed the citizens extemporaneously he made use of the very thunder which i meant to launch at the populace owing to this unfortunate circumstance i was forced to keep up an intelligent silence during the session of the convention after this the assemblage broke up and adjourned to take something to drink at nine o'clock the band again summoned the public to folks hall and i proceeded to that place i found the unreliable there and george hepperly i had requested mr hepperly as a personal favor to treat the unreliable with distinguished consideration and i am proud and happy to acknowledge he had done so he had him in charge of two constables the hall had been cleared of the greater part of its benches and the ball was ready to commence the citizens had assembled in force and the sexes were pretty equally represented in the proportion of one lady to several gentlemen the night was so infernally inclement so to speak that it was impossible for ladies who lived at any considerable distance to attend however those that were there appeared in every quadrille and with exemplary industry i did not observe any wallflowers the climate of washoe appears to be unsuited to that kind of vegetation in accordance with the customs of the country 
they indulged in the plain quadrille at this ball and notwithstanding the vicissitudes which i have seen that wonderful national dance pass through i solemnly affirm that they sprung some more new figures on me last night however the ball was a very pleasant affair we could muster four sets and still have a vast surplusage of gentlemen but the strictest economy had to be observed in order to make the ladies hold out the supper and the champagne were excellent and abundant and i offer no word of blame against anybody for eating and drinking pretty freely if i were to blame anybody i would commence with the unreliable for he drank until he lost all sense of etiquette i actually found myself in bed with him with my boots on however as i said before i cannot blame the cuss it was a convivial occasion and his little shortcomings ought to be overlooked when i went to bed this morning mr lovejoy arrayed in fiery red night-clothes was dancing the war-dance of his tribe he is president of the paiute association around a spittoon and colonel howard dressed in a similar manner was trying to convince him that he was a humbug a suspicion crossed my mind that they were partially intoxicated but i could not be sure about it on account of everything appearing to turn around so i left washoe city this morning at nine o'clock fully persuaded that i would like to go back there again when the next convention meets territorial enterprise december twenty eighth eighteen sixty two the illustrious departed old dan is gone that good old soul we ne'er shall see him more for some time he left for carson yesterday to be duly stamped and shipped to america by way of the united states overland mail as the stage was on the point of weighing anchor the senior editor dashed wildly into wasserman's and captured a national flag which he cast about dan's person to the tune of three rousing cheers from the bystanders so with the gorgeous drapery floating behind him our kind and genial hero passed from our sight and if fervent prayers from us who seldom pray can avail his journey will be as safe and happy as though ministering angels watched over him dan has gone to the states for his health and his family he worked himself down in creating big strikes in the mines and keeping all the mills in this district going whether their owners were willing or not these herculean labors gradually undermined his health but he went bravely on and we are proud to say that as far as these things were concerned he never gave up the miners never did and never could have conquered him he fell under a scarcity of pack-trains and hay-wagons these had been the bulwark of the local column his confidence in them was like unto that which men have in four aces murders robberies fires distinguished arrivals were creatures of chance which might or might not occur at any moment but the pack-trains and the hay-wagons were certain predestined immutable when these failed last week he said et tu brute and gave us his pen his constitution suddenly warped split and went under and daniel succumbed we have a saving hope though that his trip across the plains through eighteen hundred miles of cheerful haystacks will so restore our loved and lost to his ancient health and energy 
that when he returns next fall he will be able to run our five hundred mills as easily as he used to keep five score moving dan is gone but he departed in a blaze of glory the like of which hath hardly been seen upon this earth since the blameless elijah went up in his fiery chariot territorial enterprise december thirty thirty one eighteen sixty two local column our stock remarks owing to the fact that our stock reporter attended a wedding last evening our report of transactions in that branch of robbery and speculation is not quite as complete and satisfactory as usual this morning about eleven o'clock last night the aforesaid remarker pulled himself upstairs by the banisters and stumbling over the stove deposited the following notes on our table with a remark Sir ham just elaborate this will you we said we would but we couldn't if any of our readers think they can we shall be pleased to see the translation here are the notes Quote, stocks brisk and ofer has taken this woman for your wedded wife some few transactions have occurred in rings and lace veils and at figures tall graceful and charming there was some inquiry late in the day for parties who would take them for better or for worse, but there were few offers. There seems to be some depression in this stock. We mentioned yesterday that our Father which art in heaven. Quotations of lost reference. And now I lay me down to sleep. Etc., etc., etc. Board of Education in accordance with a law passed at the late session of the legislature a board of education is to be organized in each of the several counties the story county board will be composed of seven members apportioned as follows four from virginia two from gold hill and one from flowery the chairman of the board will be county school superintendent these officers will have power to issue bonds sufficient to defray the expenses of the schools from the first of january until the first of november to establish schools of all grades engage and examine teachers etc the election for the board of education will be held next monday at the courthouse in virginia at the post office in gold hill and at the house of i w knox in flowery the polls to be open from eight o'clock in the morning until six in the evening the board will meet and organize on the monday following their election blown down at sunset yesterday the wind commenced blowing after a fashion to which a typhoon is mere nonsense and in a short time the face of heaven was obscured by vast clouds of dust all spangled over with lumber and shingles and dogs and things there was no particular harm in that but the breeze soon began to work damage of a serious nature thomas moore's new frame house on the east side of c street above the courthouse was blown down and the firewall front of a one-story brick building higher up the street was also thrown to the ground the latter house was occupied as a store by mr heldman and owned by mr felton the storm was very severe for a while and we shall not be surprised to hear of further destruction having been caused by it. The damage resulting to Mr. Heldman's grocery store amounts to $2,200. Two 
at home judge brumfield's nightmare the story county delegation have straggled in one at a time until they are all at home once more messrs mills mitchell mager and Menier returned several days ago and we had the pleasure of meeting mr davenport also yesterday we do not know how long the latter gentleman has been here but we offer him the unlimited freedom of the city anyhow justice to a good representative is justice you know whether it be tardy or otherwise the school mr melville's school will open again next monday and in the meantime the new furniture is being put up in the schoolhouse the virginia cadets a company composed of mr melville's larger pupils will appear in public on new year's day the weather permitting armed and equipped as the law directs the boys were pretty proficient in their military exercises when we saw them last and they have probably not deteriorated since then sad accident we learn from messrs hatch and brother who do a heavy business in the way of supplying this market with vegetables that the rigorous weather accompanying the late storm was so severe on the mountains as to cause a loss of life in several instances two sacks of sweet potatoes were frozen to death on the summit this side of strawberry the verdict rendered by the coroner's jury was strictly in accordance with the facts thrilling romance on our first page to-day will be found the opening chapters of a thrilling tale entitled quote, an act to amend and supplemental to an act to provide for assessing and collecting county and territorial revenue unquote. this admirable story was written especially for the columns of this paper by several distinguished authors we have secured a few more productions of the same kind at great expense and we design publishing them in their regular order our readers will agree with us that it will redound considerably to their advantage to read and preserve these documents fire almost the roof of the new york restaurant took fire from the stovepipe yesterday morning and but for the timely discovery of the fact a serious conflagration would have ensued as the restaurant is situated in a nest of frame houses which would have burnt like tinder as it was nothing but a few shingles were damaged private party the members of engine company number two with a number of invited guests are to have a little social dance at la plata hall this evening they have made every arrangement for having a pleasant time of it and we hope they may succeed to the very fullest extent of their wishes end of section two